0: Hello, welcome to Talk The Line. I'm Jen Long. This is a podcast from the line of Best Fit, where we chat to a musician, sometimes an actor, sometimes a comedian, usually a musician, about something they're extremely passionate about, something that they don't normally talk about in interviews, something that you might not know by listening to their music, something that they only talk about down the pub once they finish their press cycle for their album. We upload a new episode every Friday and you can check out all our previous episodes at TalkTheLine.blog from Naughty Boy to Stuart Murdoch on subjects from mental health to condiments. You can follow us on Twitter at TalkTheLine and you know what would be great? If you subscribe to this podcast just means you don't even have to think about it. It just ends up on your phone or other listening device every single Friday. Fisher Spooner began as a performance art piece in New York City at the end of the last century. Wow, that makes me feel old. They played their very first performance at a Manhattan Starbucks, which ultimately transformed into a spectacle that ushered in that electro-clash scene. With the song Emerge, they created one of the defining anthems of that short-lived movement. This year they're back with Sir, their first new record in nine years. The highly personal album chronicles a tumultuous and emotionally fraught period of Casey Spooner's life and was co-written and produced by R.E.M.'s Michael Stipe. I met up with Casey earlier this month in London to talk about food and memories of food. Although I will say we focus quite a lot on the theme, maybe more so than the subject at times, it's really just a tangent full chat about cuisine. Bon Appetit. Food and Memory sent over that um, Food
1: and Memory which makes me think Proust. of Proust which oh, I think Proust, is called is that you yeah Proust.
0: said Proust. That's obviously not right.
1: Proust.
0: Proust. Have you read all those Proust books?
1: No. I bought them. Oh, God. I bought yeah. them. I took a class I was supposed to read them. Really? But that's the big that's the big Proustian thing is about how in the book I mean I know the theory is that you know he eats a uh, madeleine mm. and it takes him back, you know.
0: Cause what, what, is, what's the, what are the series of books called? I know my friend... Swan's Way. Swan's Way. My friend Annika read read them and then she did a big long post about it and I was like, oh, I feel like I would be super intelligent if I read them or would at least seem that to other people. Some
1: things like that, I don't... <laughs> just my brain isn't wired to take... In, that kind of literature is so elongated. Oh it's for God. a different kind of perception that doesn't... I don't know if it you know, if the brain is the same since the 19th century.
0: It took me about a year to read crime and punishment. And that was having to take breaks and read other things alongside it. Cause it was so heavy. Yeah. I just can't, but then Harry Potter can just do that in a few days. Right. So maybe, yeah, maybe our I'm terrible. Are... <laughs>
1: I'm not a big reader. I wish I was, I know what I'm supposed to read, but I've had very bad eyesight since second grade, oh. first grade. Um, so I get sleepy whenever yeah. I start to read and I pass out. So I read a book about once every, I don't know, two or three years. That's, and then I love it.
0: Yeah, that's good though. That's good for when you're traveling, I suppose. Yeah. I guess you always fall asleep on planes then.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I never, I've, I've even, someone just gave me a book, which I'm excited about. It's Edmund White's book about his times in Paris. Okay. And so I think I should be able to try to get through that one.
0: So was that, the the, the Proust quote was your stimulus for the topic of this conversation or was that something that kind of flooded into your head after you decided that we were going to talk about memory and
1: food? I think first I just said, okay, let's talk about food Um, just because, I don't know, my relationship, food is just a great topic, period. It's universal, can go a lot of different directions. But then, you know, they were like, can you please be more specific about food? And then I was like, all right, what's a good one? And I know it's like, okay, food and memory.
0: That is a good one. We've done vegan baking and we've done home cooking. Yeah. Those are the other sort of foodie podcasts that we've done yeah. so far. Yeah. But food and memory is nice.
1: Yeah. What well, I also it? have a thing that I think is interesting because I feel like we're living through this time. I mean, this is not a new theory, but um, how... You know, the fact that I can go to McDonald's and I can order the same meal that I had in Georgia when I was five years old, like in any country. Yeah. That's kind of crazy.
0: Do they not change the McDonald's I mean, the french fries
1: and the cheeseburger that I ate when I was, you know, six, seven, eight years old, Mm. it seems to be exactly the same. Like the (laughs) bun looks the same. The fries are the same shape, kind of the same. So there's something about that kind of familiarity that is a very contemporary... um,
0: I suppose uh, some people would find that depressing and others would find it comforting.
1: Exactly. Both.
0: So what are your food memories then? Where do we start? I don't
1: know. I mean, there's a lot of different... um, Well, it's also tied to smell well it
0: has to be doesn't it all the senses are are, are so there's a
1: lot to do with smell and taste and the collision between smell and taste um, and association Um, I don't know I'm I'm also kind of in this new because I just moved to Paris and so now I'm sort of my diet has changed a lot Mm -hmm. Um, where were you before in New in New York And New York is really kind of like the trend is sort of fast, healthy food. Mm. And um, so I ate kind of very specifically. You know, I ate at these chain restaurants like either Sweet Green or Dig In or um, uh, um, uh, this place called Glaze. And I basically go between those three restaurants. And it's always some sort of variation on like brown rice chicken and kale <laughs> and or kale and chicken and brown rice or Brussels sprouts, kale and chicken, the chicken and quinoa <laughs> and arugula. And so kind of a very specific way of eating that's, you know, sort of like a fast New York type A uh, healthy in single man in a hurry fitness diet. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I've come to Paris and I eat a lot of bread, I eat a lot of cheese, I eat a lot of butter. (laughs) I lost 15 pounds. It's like...
0: That's... Oh, in muscle? Yeah. Right. For sure. Not as... Because, I mean, most people would think if you switched your diet from healthy foods to bread and cheese,
1: you'd put weight on. Exactly. But, But I've dropped like two suit sizes... In about two months.
0: And that's not from, like, losing muscle mass. I mean, I from... lost a
1: little bit of... I've lost some muscle, but I've lost more than that. And I think it has a lot to do with the, um, you know, uh, genetically modified and steroids and uh, how American food is engineered.
0: Yeah. We actually we actually talked to... Um, do you know the artist Lissy? No. We did a... She's a singer. Um, she just bought her own farm uh. in Ohio
1: uh. or
0: Iowa, Iowa, her own farm in Iowa.
1: Oh, is it Lissy truly? No, not oh. Lissy
0: truly. She one, that... it's
1: one thing about memory and taste is this coffee is terrible. <laughs> yeah. I can't Sorry. even drink it.
0: I just remember she had that EP cover that was just her bum. It's
1: that was Lissy truly? Yeah. Oh, I missed No, that. I'm pretty
0: sure this one's different. But um, anyway, anyway, she was well, talking what's yesterday your food? about- What's
1: your, is there a food- that triggers memory for you?
0: I would say my nan's welsh cakes.
1: Your nan's wash cakes.
0: Is that what you welsh said? Cakes. Welsh cakes.
1: Welsh. welsh cakes.
0: Yeah, they're um so they they're called welsh cakes. Got and they're it. sort of like a drop scone. So they're a
1: drop scone. A drop
0: scone. It's kind of like a so scone? A sort of,
1: it's
0: like a scone. Yeah. Scone, is how you say it. Scon. Yeah, scone. I say scone. You okay. say scone. I say tomato. You say
1: Tomato. There
0: you go.
1: (laughs) (laughs) They're like really
0: flat, kind of scone sort of... um,
1: Cookie, biscuit.
0: Yeah, with raisins Mm -hmm. and then then sugar sprinkled on top. And my nan used to make them on a big iron bake stone, which she's now handed down to me. But I haven't actually made any Welsh cakes Mm. yet. But I'd say they... If I ever have a Welsh cake that... Because the shop-bought ones don't taste like her ones. Yeah, but If exactly. I a homemade Welsh cake, yeah. then it takes me back to being in my nan's kitchen in right. Buschgard.
1: Right, yeah.
0: Yeah, how about you?
1: <sighs> Trying to think. Um, different things have different associations. Like, um, oh God, well one, this is a crazy association. I cannot stand sambuca. <laughs> and it's because one time I was on tour with this band called Chickasama Puppies, and I was like a T-shirt guy, and we were in the venue and someone spilled like an entire bottle of sambuca in my backpack. Oh. And that disgust like that syrupy, sweet coffee, I can't. So I always think, you know, so there's weird memories like that. um.
0: You're making me think of Malibu now, uh, which is like, do you have that, that? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I can't drink that because I drank so much. Malibu and Archer's, which is like a peach schnapps. Oof. We drank so much of it when we were like 15. No. And you'd take it to hell because it tasted
1: like sweets. Yeah, yeah of course.
0: And the, yeah, for I years love wine after. coolers. <laughs> what is a wine cooler? I've always wondered that. They
1: were like, you know, elk, sweet, boozy... More like soda. I mean, there used to be this thing called Bartles and James wine coolers, and I loved them.
0: You always hear them on American movies where they're like... Oh,
1: do they still make them?
0: At a frat party with some wine coolers. It was
1: kind of like an 80s, 90s thing. Like an early 90s thing.
0: I just always thought it was like wine with an ice cube in...
1: No, it was like a soda or something. (laughs) Like an
0: alcoholic soda.
1: Yeah. It It was before there was like the whole clear trend...
0: What's the clear trend? There was like a
1: clear trend in America in the early '90s, where there was like Crystal Pepsi, it was like Clear, <gasps> clear Pepsi, tab. and okay, then love. there was Zima, and all these like clear drinks. And there was even a phase when there was like clear gasoline. Like everything was all about clear. It's so weird. That somehow clear was clean.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: And so there was like a clear phase in the '90s. Mm. Um, I don't know what are the other associations yeah it is always some sort of food that like it's tied to childhood Mm. Um, but
0: smells obviously food taste and smell is so intrinsically linked
1: yeah
0: there's like there's definitely one smell for me that I just catch like a whiff of it every now and again and it just takes me right back to being 16 years old at Reading Festival and I think Mm -hmm. it's like the smell of hot trash Oh. I think that's what it is.
1: Good title. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: just like, you know, like... Hot a trash. Big, not not bin. I know we'd say bins here, but it's not even bins. It's like trash. Yeah. It's just like the smell of just rubbish and just rotting, Yeah. gross, dirty uh-huh. stuff in the sun. Oof. And it's, that's that's the smell of Reading Festival to me.
1: Stuff in the sun.
0: Every now and then I catch a little, yeah. little waft of it and I'm 16 yeah yeah
1: i'm right now i'm having a great sense memory because i had a really nice time at uh, the mandarin oriental hotel in milan and i took all the you know all the say all the beauty stuff and so there was like a body moisturizer and (laughs) i wore it last night on set for a photo shoot and it took me right back to this like great, you know, to this great hotel. Yeah. And so I was like, I just, smelt, sometimes the smell of something like that just made me feel, you know, luxurious.
0: Is there anything that you kind of save up for when you're on tour or that you kind of stockpile at home that has this, a similar effect, like almost like a comfort food, but not in terms of it being, you know, fatty or indulgent or bad for you, just in terms of it bringing back those memories?
1: Uh, my latest uh, food obsession has been in um, Paris. They have these incredible mandarins that are called succulent and they're wrapped in paper. Ooh. And they're so, this is all I want to eat are these.
0: Oh, wow. Something right? got individually wrapped.
1: Individually wrapped. Mandarins. Super, and they're so unbelievably good, these Spanish Ooh. mandarins. They look juicy. So I'm really bad. Like all I do is I got by a big bottle of boudoir Mm. and I get a bunch of mandarins and I get a bar of like really dark chocolate and maybe a banana and maybe some bread. And I will live on like bread and chocolate and mandarins and sparkling water. (laughs) I'll like skip meals and just live on that for like a good 12 hours. Wow. And then, you know, I've gotten a penchant for smoking in Paris too, so that
0: oh my goodness, kinda... and you've got the moustache now, oh, it's no. turning very Parisian.
1: Yeah, well, the also it's tough in Paris because the restaurants serve at very specific times, and if you miss meal time, you know, you miss you don't get to eat.
0: Right. So really?
1: Yeah. So I sometimes I'm like I, I guess I'm gonna have a cigarette for dinner. <laughs> Because all the restaurants are closed, and I ate all the mandarins. So.
0: What about stuff that reminds you of New York, though? How long have you been in Paris? Pizza, you-
1: pizza. I miss New York pizza. I miss Williamsburg pizza. Mm. Yeah. What's the
0: best pizzeria in Williamsburg?
1: It's called Williamsburg Pizza. Oh, it's oh right, okay. Really good. <laughs> um, John's Pizza is pretty good, but and then I sort of like artichoke pizza, but it's a little too. I mean, I'm right now. I'm really Williamsburg pizza is the best pizza in New York, I think. Um, and then,
0: um, what, what is it about the, those things that you miss though? Is it, is it just the food itself or is it the kind of, uh, routine of going there or the th- things involved in doing that and the smells and the atmosphere? Is, is it different in one city to another? And is that something you were saying about McDonald's and McDonald's of a child versus yeah, the McDonald's of, exactly. of now being so similar? Yeah. Is it more than just, just the taste of the food?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think sometimes there is that, um, wow, okay, well, the other great meal that I had, speaking of, is um, there's this restaurant in Milan called Marchesa. Have you ever heard of these cafes? No, I
0: didn't. They're see. owned
1: by Prada, and it's the, uh, I, they, I had no idea. Uh, someone suggested, I said, oh, you know, where should I go for brunch or have a coffee or whatever, and the hotel was like, oh, you should go to this cafe Marchesa." And I went and I was not prepared for how beautiful it was. And then I ordered a cappuccino, and the cappuccino was so incredible. I don't even like cappuccino. Like foam <laughs> pisses me off. And I ordered a cappuccino, and it was so good, I almost started crying. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking for a picture of it right now. This is incredible. This is the spaghetti and marchesa. Oh, wow. Stunning. The restaurant is beautiful. Um, yeah, it's just like beautiful. So the presentation is incredible. The room is amazing. Um, let's see, I'm trying. To, those are the.
0: So you you've you must have traveled a lot over the years being on tour. Yes. Is is good food something that you're always seeking out when you're kind of traveling about, or do you usually just get catering at the at the venue and you know get. Get, get what you're I, given, really. This
1: is the best cappuccino I've ever had in my life. Oh,
0: that's beautiful. Look at that. What?
1: Can you believe It It's look like the... a
0: snowy mountain. It's
1: stunning. And the room is like, look at the lighting in this room.
0: I mean, it's not great for a podcast, but.
1: Look at the lighting in that room.
0: <laughs> that is gorgeous. Right. Oh, because yeah. I'm showing kinda... you pictures. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Well, in this picture, the room is really
1: beautiful and the light is amazing. You
0: can kind of tell it's some sort of fashion house involvement there. It looks yeah. incredibly stylized. Yeah. And very ornate
1: um tr- when I'm out on the road I don't know I haven't been out in a long time and I don't really mm, you know um I don't know yeah what do I do
0: it's just kind of because you're showing me you know you're talking about all these luxurious things in Paris and yeah. these like New York staples and then this you know cafe that you remember in Milan and uh, yes and then I'm just in back of my head thinking the first thing that we spoke about was a cheeseburger from McDonald's true so obviously you know you're not just eating the uh, fine dining of this world. There's obviously no. like a little bit of you that's still... Of course. still I likes... love a
1: cheeseburger, <laughs> for sure.
0: What are the things that you had when you were a kid that you kind of still go back to now? And, and are they important to
1: you? Hmm. Well, my mother was never a big cook, so I was always kind of raised with like... Mm, I mean, I guess the best things... I mean, one of the craziest things that... what? No, this is a funny. This is very American. Ranch dressing. So when ranch dressing was invented, it was a powder that you had to mix. And it didn't come in a bottle. It was like a powder and you would buy buttermilk and you would mix this like the ranch powder into buttermilk and shake it up. And that's how you would make ranch dressing. And the original ranch dressing in its powder form was so good and my job used to be when I was a kid and my parents would have dinner parties is I had to be the person who would mix the ranch dressing. So they would put buttermilk in a mayonnaise jar, mm. and then I would have to shake that up. Because really, it would be kind of tough to actually, uh, to actually mix up well. Yeah. And original ranch dressing from the 70s was incredible. And now, to me, ranch dressing has never been I mean, We good. don't
0: really have that here.
1: Right, yeah.
0: What sort of flavoring is ranch? What flavor is
1: flavors it? ranch dressing? Yeah. It's kind of like a basil garlicky tangy buttermilk creamy okay creamy savory tangy kind of like
0: a caesar dressing
1: Caesary, but a little bit more milky hmm. really you guys but yeah so now ranch is in a bottle and it's not as good as when it was like a a custom mix right yeah um, I think one of my foods that I miss the most is in the. I grew up in the South, and so it was a lot of fresh produce, mm. and um, they butter beans and these kind of peas. These amazing peas they would call ladyfinger peas <laughs> that are like little little tiny peas, and sort of a delicacy would be to have uh, butter beans or peas with a dollop of mayonnaise. Oh wow! That is like the most delicious thing you can mixed eat. up in a bowl. Yes, Ooh. it turns into a kind of a a, a soup or a sauce that's delicious.
0: <laughs> you just eat it with a spoon. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's the kind of thing I can't. You know, you're not going to get any. You can't get that anywhere except in the south.
0: Because mm. yeah, there's a lot of like very southern food, isn't there? I've I, I've
1: yeah, but done it's never diners quite. And... It's never quite. They don't grits. have they, grits. Grits. Yeah, it's grits southern. is basically like you know polenta
0: right okay it's
1: just cornmeal so yeah i love grits (laughs) and i love polenta
0: yeah polenta is more kind of classy acceptable isn't it i feel
1: i mean one Mm, of the ways a lot of the ways you get you would eat grits in the south is you know you have it as a hot you know it's like a hot savory cereal that you'd have like eggs and bacon with or whatever sort of a classic thing but a lot of times um we would have grits and then After you have breakfast or whatever you the whatever grits were left They would stay on the stove and they would get hard Mm. And basically they turn into polenta. So one of my favorite things to eat was cold leftover grits and Then my family would always make this thing called tomato gravy and it would be these preserved tomatoes Kind of like a tomato sauce, except it wasn't like, it wasn't like a marinara sauce. It was literally just like very, very, very ripe, really delicious tomatoes that are um, in a very intense, um, jarred and put up as like an intense, almost like a a sauce. Yeah. So you would have um, grits with tomato gravy Mm. and ham. It's kind of the classic. I think breakfast is my favorite meal.
0: Yeah. Do you ever try and make? Do you ever? Do you cook much at home? Do you ever make stuff for you? I don't no. cook. I mean,
1: when I was married, I cooked, but I don't really cook now. I'm right. like, I'm, I'm on the road. I like to eat out. Okay. And I hate doing dishes. <laughs> so.
0: Is there, there must be a lot of places in New York that do Southern style food, though. Surely.
1: Yeah, pies and thighs is really good in Williamsburg. But um, yeah, I'm kind of. It's been nice. I'm I'm having the Parisian diet. Right. It's delicious.
0: But you never sort of, you know, that as, as a sort of saying about. I mean, I said we said the subject of the podcast would be food and memory, but I feel yes. like we haven't really
1: talked done, about a, th- a lot of memory so much. No, no, we're talking mostly about food. We're just talking
0: about food. Which yeah. is
1: not a bad thing.
0: But you know, it's how the two link together, isn't yes. it? Yes. I'm just. Uh...
1: I'm just more like I'm remembering food. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me all the favorite things you've ever eaten.
0: Yeah, well, I thought maybe you could do us a sort of like round the world tour of um of great things that you have eaten, you know, because I
1: thought that's what you were going for with the, with the Milan angle. Yeah, I guess I'm, yeah, I don't know. There's, I'm trying to think, well, yeah, Rio, yeah, acai. I don't know, I really love to travel and to eat and it's a great way to kind of experience, you know, different cultures. I mean, I know that's such a cliche, but I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I'm trying to, I can't like the most amazing meal I just had was at the grand mosque in Paris. Incredible tagine, Mm. incredible mint tea. I don't know. I've been really, uh, either feast or famine in a crazy way. Like where it's like, I'm either living on like cigarettes and mandarins or I'm like eating at the grand mosque.
0: What about like other people who have those kind of staples that they sort of bring, live live, or not live on, but, but kind of carry over from their youth? Yeah. Like the Cheeky Cheeseburger. Yeah. You know, you have it because, I don't know, for me it's definitely like scotch eggs for some reason. I just I love scotch eggs. Scotch eggs. Well, I mean, I eat vegetarian versions of them now, but… I heard um,
1: someone just told me in London I have scotch eggs with curry mayo
0: curry metal that would be quite good I like it with mustard Oh. yeah but it's basically just like a ball of meat with an egg inside and oh. it's usually bread crumbed what yeah like a breaded ball of meat with an egg in,
1: in the middle I've never heard those, of that
0: those in like sausage rolls just reminds me of like going to birthday parties as a kid and you know eating finger food from the buffet
1: yeah yeah where did you grow up
0: just near here not okay. far yeah just England
1: England <laughs> English <laughs> yeah. food
0: just southern english
1: yeah everyone says the food in england's going to get worse after after brexit goes into effect
0: well yeah i mean you were saying about earlier about your you know american genetically modified foods yeah. and i think the the concern is that if we lose our lovely eu regulations stopping us from eating horrendously mutilated things then mm-hmm. we're going to do a trade deal with trump and mm-hmm. one of those outcomes is that we end up getting all your genetically modified goods i'll be well, in paris i'll be over there
1: sorry about that that's why i moved
0: but i mean you know you, americans usually criticize british food for being too bland or being mm. unimaginative yeah so it's quite refreshing to hear you say that our food's going to get worse with american influence <laughs> well i didn't say i'm not
1: advocating american food and i don't know how you'd import pizza
0: you must have, like, bandmates and friends, though, people who have those, like, go-tos that are just, like, the childhood the childhood indulgence that you can never get rid of because it just takes you back to a a kind of place that feels familiar. I'm
1: trying to think. Mostly just a lot of coffee. Um, yeah, coffee's not a childhood indulgence. I'm trying to think. My favorite, my person that I know that eats the most is David D'Onofrio, and he's obsessed with, like, He's always planning his wedding. That's what I, it's really funny. He's always like, oh, this is what I'm gonna have at my wedding, these Italian wedding cakes. And this is what I'm gonna have at my wedding. It's this very ex- f- f- handsome um, trainer in right. New York. So he's just a super hunky Italian Armenian guy. And all he does is talk about his wedding, which is, is pretty funny. Is he engaged? And, what, yeah. Okay. No, no, he's not engaged oh. at all. No. <laughs> It's not, he's not dating anyone but he just always when there's good food he's like oh I'm gonna have pizza rolls at my wedding right
0: um I mean he, New York is you know New York and Paris actually are both well known for their cuisine yeah what are those sort of little hidden away places that people who are listening who might be you know jumping on the Eurostar or a or a transatlantic flight
1: well I'm really bad I'll pick like one restaurant and I'll just move in I'll just live there
0: (laughs) a creature of habit
1: yeah and so in New York I used to only eat at Five Leaves which was this cafe kind of a French bistro ironically (laughs) a block away from my apartment and I just moved in there and would only eat there and the best cheeseburger they have a um the five leaves burger which is amazing it's a burger with um a, a beet and a piece of grilled pineapple and a fried egg on top oh wow and that I, when i go back to new york next week i'm going to get that burger and then in paris i eat a lot at two restaurants right now i eat at this place called le Progrès, and that's sort of like my more breakfasty place incredible omelet you know, I'm all into the noisette, is the little baby coffee. It's kind of a macchiato. Oh. It's a French macchiato. Okay. But I have like a noisette. And then a lot of bread, a lot of butter, a lot of water, and a lot of coffee, probably a cigarette. And then really like an one omelet or like a croque madame are really good. But then the other place, that's like the fashion cafe, is Cafe Charlot. And that's like where everyone goes to be seen and, you know show off and Mm. make connections and um, right now I eat they have this incredible um, roasted chicken breast with parmesan risotto and I'll get that's my new
0: chicken and grain
1: yeah that's my new that's my new chicken and grain (laughs) but there's no green there's no veg you know like you don't get that many vegetables I feel like really yeah not like New York I was eating like like way more like greens and kale and salads and you know and yeah. there it's it, it, I feel like a European even like Spanish it's like all like ham and cheese and yeah. bread and wine there's not a lot of vegetable options
0: how about here in London how do you eat when you're in 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 this city what Have did I eat any... well
1: today I just had an insane English breakfast
0: oh a fry up yeah nice
1: but I think I ate blood sausage. The is that what that stuff. thing is? Yeah. That's the black thing? Mm. Black pudding. Yeah. I decided to go for it. How was it? It was okay. Yeah. I, it wasn't... It was... A, I went to a fancy place. And so I was like, if I'm going to oh, have it, I'll have fine. it here.
0: You'll be fine. You'll yeah.
1: survive. I ate it at the Beaumont.
0: Oh, wow. Very nice. Yeah. That just... Fry-ups just always make me think of being hungover.
1: What's a fry-up? What you had? Oh, that's what you call an English breakfast? Is yeah. a fry-up?
0: Because it's just all, all in one frying pan, you know? Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, just makes
0: me think of being hungover like when you're right. a student or in your early 20s and you're just, you know, yeah. you just don't really seem to put weight on. So you just go out to the pub, get yeah. pissed on a Friday night, wake yeah. up hungover on Saturday and go and get a fry up.
1: Yeah, it's crazy, too. I don't eat breakfast. I really have gotten into a continental breakfast where it's like I am fine with like a croissant and orange juice and a coffee. Mm -hmm. That's kind of all you need. But that's, I think, why I'm losing so much weight. You know, that's how I lost like 15 pounds. But which is not bad because now I'm sample size. (laughs) So. since And living in Paris. Send the look. Fabulous. Yeah. Yeah. What other, let me think, food, memory, memory, food. McDonald's. Don't eat it anymore.
0: Oh, so you don't so indulge? No,
1: I mean very rarely. I would only eat McDonald's if I'm traveling, maybe once a year. Mm. I would eat that, and there's no reason to eat that now. I feel like I'm around so much. There's so many other better options. Um, my mother didn't really cook, so I don't have a lot of food memories from her. My grandmother would always make this crazy thing. I'd be curious to t- taste it again. Um, she would make cornbread in a, a pan shaped like the state of Texas. I don't know why, but she had a pan shaped like Texas. <laughs> and so it was this kind of cornbread that she would make. And it, we not no one ever called it cornbread. They called it Texas. <laughs> so it'd be like, are we going to have Texas tonight? <laughs> so I'd be curious to have I her. I hope you gave her
0: more than one star for it.
1: Yeah. I need to go I don't know where that pan (laughs) is I need to get my hands on that Um, and then I'm trying to think I don't know I mean I think the most powerful and important thing I've had was that cappuccino at Marquesa like I can't I can't wait to go back and have another one. What,
0: what is it about it? Is it just not bitter? or It's just,
1: it's just weirdly like perfect. And yeah. I don't even really believe in perfection. And it, it was really like one of the most stunning.
0: I love a cappuccino. I don't. Maybe. I feel like they're underappreciated. I feel like the flat white has just
1: taken over the coffee world. I guess the flat white is like in a is, like a, is a flat white like a latte?
0: Um, yeah, but less milk. And so it's stronger. more like an
1: Americano with a little bit of milk in it.
0: No, no, it's like a latte, but double strength and smaller.
1: Right. I haven't gotten into the flat white.
0: They're very popular in Australia and now very popular in London. I feel like the cappuccino has been regu- relegated Relegated. I feel like it's been relegated to like the mum
1: choice. Yeah. The other thing in Paris that's really fun is chocolate. Yeah. Oh, my God. There's so many chocolate options. Are you
0: like a proper chocolate aficionado? Yes. So yes. You like the dog? And the
1: other thing, I've really gotten into tea. i oh. never liked tea. I always thought tea was like fussy and bitchy. And <laughs> kind of like a waste of time. You know, like, I need coffee. Like, I want to get the job done. Right. I'm ready to, like, get into it. Drink for purpose. Yeah, drink for purpose. Tea was like, mmm. <laughs> so it was like, but now I'm really getting into tea. It somehow makes sense in Paris.
0: Any particular type?
1: I don't. Um, no, cause but there are all these like tea rooms, and so everyone's like taking me to tea, and now I'm like, oh, it's a tea, it's a tea thing. Yeah. Paris is my tea phase. So you're like an Earl Grey. Oh, love Earl Grey.
0: A Darjeeling.
1: Maybe I love a jasmine. I love mm. a jasmine. A good jasmine with Chinese food. Yeah. Best jasmine I ever had was in Hong Kong. Yeah. So it's like I get it. Like jasmine tea. Where with... was the one in Hong Kong? can't even remember some weird restaurant. And they would even clean the tables with jasmine tea. What? Like they would just pour hot water over tables and clean them with hot jasmine tea. Wow. Yeah, so I love jasmine. But Paris, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm exploring all the chocolates now. Um, well, I know I love Michel Clouzel and uh, Fouquet and
0: what types of chocolate are these
1: well i really love a mandon, oh. which is like when it's the bar and it has the nuts and the raisins all mixed together or the um a cho- like a orange rind mm. that's cured and dipped in dark chocolate wow those are incredible um fouquet has these incredible dark chocolate covered almonds yeah, you, I mean like the Paris diet is really good. It's like just chocolate, cigarettes, coffee, maybe like a little bit of steak tartare. I'm into steak tartare.
0: So what's steak tartare? Steak
1: tartare is raw steak. What? You like heard, not
0: even cooked a little bit? Why not? I'm a vegetarian. Oh like, yeah, yeah. Steak
1: tartare in Paris is like basically like sushi. Oh. Yeah. And there's this restaurant called Au Pied du Cochon, at the, the, the foot yeah. of the pig. And it's open really late, it's got this beautiful room and I had steak tartare there that's incredible. It's just like chopped raw beef with capers and lemon and salt and pepper and olive oil. And you have that with french fries. And that is like the ultimate diet. It's like you get all the protein, it's like you're done.
0: You're done. It's, not
1: a lot of, it's not a lot of work. It's like you just eat this incredible kind of like Parisian sushi.
0: Wow. No greens. No greens.
1: No greens. It's mm. just like meat and potatoes <laughs> and cigarettes and chocolate and coffee and mandarins.
0: What are the other you know, McDonald's you get everywhere? Everywhere you go in London, you can guarantee to find a Pret-a-Manger on a right? corner. Yeah. I remember when sort? I was so
1: excited when Pret a Manger came to the states.
0: Oh, you ha- does is it in New York? Oh
1: yeah, there's oh, tons great. of Pret. And now I'm like over it. I'm like, "Ugh, Pret." Cuz it was
0: owned by McDonald's uh, had a share owned by McDonald's for a, a certain while, not anymore I think. It's sold in like 2008. So it's right. not owned by McDonald's anymore. Yeah. But maybe yeah, maybe that was when it sort of started to expand. Yeah. When it was under their kind of Probably. Yeah, franchising. I.
1: probably
0: well thank you for sharing some food memories <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> yeah, like memories of food
0: I really thought you were going to when you sent over the Proust quote I really thought it was going to be a deep kind of intellectual conversation about nerves and brainwaves and all that sort of stuff I wish but instead it's just a tour of the world's finest eateries which I'm fine with
1: yeah enjoyed. just like this is what I'm eating this week
0: you made me want to book a Eurostar
1: tajine <laughs> tajine at the Grand Mosque Go get a cappuccino at Marquesa.
0: A big thanks to Casey. And if you want to check out some of the places he was talking about, check our show notes at talktheline.com blog where we've put up a list of all the restaurants in all those countries that he name-checked. You can find our previous episodes there as well. You have been listening to Talk The Line. I'm Jen Long. This is a podcast from The Line of Best Fit. It is produced by Paul Bridgewater with original music by Seams. Shout out to Seams who listens every week. Next week, I'm talking to Emily Stavely-Taylor from The Staves. If you want that podcast straight on your phone, please subscribe. You can follow us on social media, If you're feeling super generous, please leave us a nice review. Go on. We'll see you next week.